Hi everyone, this is Patrick and you're listening to the Phileas Club episode number 3 for June 25th, 2008. Like kids at the pool. Hello and welcome everyone to this new episode of the Phileas Club. Uh, I'm with Jim and Mohammed today and I'm going to launch into the introduction straight away because we're going to try to not make it as long as it usually is. Uh, I usually record like two hours and then have to compress it so you lose a lot of the valuable information that my guests have given to you. Uh, today that's not going to be the case. We're going to go straight ahead and say hello to Jim. How are you, Jim, today? I am very well. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Jim, you are the host of the, cl the Clip Show, right? Very famous video podcast, world-renowned. Award-winning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I host a, a video podcast called The Clip Show, um, and uh, we review podca other podcasts. I know it's a, it's a genius idea, and we give them ratings and talk to them what you should be watching. So uh, you know, if you're just getting into online video or you've been watching for a while and you're looking for new stuff, it's the place to come. We, we're, uh, we're in our 91st episode, uh, so there's, there's plenty of backlog, and there's lots of, we've seen a lot of great shows over the last couple of years, so it's... it's a, So I think it's a valuable resource. You know what? I'll, I'll ask you a couple of questions about that at the end of the show. Uh, so you right. have a few minutes to prepare, you know, pretend Good. to listen to what we're saying. And, uh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and uh, our other panelist today is Mohammed. Uh, how are you, Mohammed? Hello, I'm good. Um, so you are actually, so obviously, as you heard from his lovely accent, uh, Jim is from the U.S., right? You're from Colorado, is it? I uh, am from the United States, yes. Right. And uh, Mohammed, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Mohammed, obviously. Uh, I'm from Qatar and uh, met Patrick a week ago and asked him if I could join him. Here I am, a week later. Right. So Mohammed is uh, from Qatar. And if people don't know what Qatar is, it's a country in the um, uh, Middle East. And I think I'm not mistaken when I say you have the highest uh, income per capita in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. So you guys are basically the richest people in the world. Yep. So my <laughs> next question is, how do I get to live in Qatar? Uh, live? <laughs> um. <laughs> and, and enjoy all your riches. Uh, well, you can always go to Qatar, you know, but uh, as in live, there's going to be very pricey houses, you know. Yeah. So can I, can't I just say I know Mohammed? He's a pretty cool kid. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people do, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm saying a pretty cool kid because the other thing I want to tell about uh, I want to say uh, about Mohammed is that he's uh, 16 years old. Uh, I'm not mistaken, right? 16. Yeah. Watch my and reputation go down. <laughs> no. Hey, listen. That's fine. Um, I, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I just wanted to say that I was a little bit. Uh, uncertain about the fact that I would have you on because, you know, 16 years old, it's a, it's a little bit different from what we usually have. And, uh, you know, I thought about it. And this show is about getting the opinions from 
other people, you know, different people. And I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be a, um, a country or world region thing. The age thing can be also very interesting. So I hope you will be uh, interesting enough to prove me right. Uh, I'll try to be no interesting. <laughs> um, and also, I would like to say, I, I, uh, some people might have read that on, on the website, but I have a huge amount of faith in our younger generations. I, th I think it's very common to say, um, you know, they, they're kids playing Xbox and, and not caring about anything in the world. I think people who actually take the time to speak to 15 and 16-year-olds would be very surprised at how mature and, and intelligent they are in general. I mean, when I was a kid, I was a freaking idiot. I don't know if it's <laughs> the same for you, Jim, but uh, I you know, see I think this is the case. I think this is the case, period. Like, we love... I think it's always the older generation saying the next generation is either stupid or doesn't have it together or, oh, God forbid, we're going to leave it to these kids, you know? But and I think, I think if we look throughout time, I think it's always been that way. And I think that, you know kids get a bad rap or you know and i would agree i, I always think of myself at you know at 16 it's just a blundering moron but uh i mean i was smart enough to make it this far so uh yeah i mean i, I think that the next generation of kids will be fine and the next generation the next generation you know yeah. until something poisons the water and really makes us dumb you know i think we we don't have we don't have anything to worry about <laughs> well you know the, the thing is I, I really think i honestly think that uh Things like television and the explosion of media made us a little bit more aware, at least. I don't want to say smarter, but a little bit more aware and mature than our parents were at our ages when we were 16. And today with the Internet, it's not all porn and, you know, videos of kid of kittens right. it's only and, and, it's only 85 percent porn yeah right <laughs> in the 15 percent that's left you you get a lot of uh, valuable information when it's not myspace so like um frenchman like what sorry like frenchman yeah for example yeah that's that's my site for the people who don't know um so yeah mohammed you're be, you're going to be representing the whole uh age group that you're in so no pressure again <laughs> no pressure okay so uh let's just uh get into the first part of the show which is of course the international news And for the international news, we have our first topic, which is, again, I think we've talked about this a few times, but again, uh, oil prices and gas prices. Um, there was a couple of meetings uh, from the Energy G8, uh, basically the uh, oil uh, production countries, who decide, were deciding if they were going to raise the production of oil uh, the amount of oil that they were producing uh, each month and they decided a few hours ago only that they were not going to um, we got a lot of reports on all that of course coupled with a cup with a few um, very interesting figures do you guys remember when the oil was uh, $20 a barrel 
Uh, was I? I would have been ten. No, gosh, that yeah, it wasn't that long ago. You know what? Four or five years ago? Uh, six, seven years ago? Wait a minute, it's been a while. Yeah, you know, if you keep going, you're eventually going to get one number right. So twenty years ago? I mean, when was the last time it was that low? No, like it was I what? Actually... It was trading seventy dollars, I think, right around two thousand one, right? Well, it's hey, gone up listen. Okay, that's exactly the reaction I, I was hoping for. You were actually uh, closer uh, at first. Do you, do you remember, um, uh, Mohammed? You were actually pretty young, but still, do you remember things like that? Well, you know, when I was driving a car when I was seven, you know, I, I was really happy with the price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, it was, it was 2002. In 2002, uh, it was $20 a barrel. Uh, wow. January 2008, that's not even six months ago, it was $100, and it's now $140. So what this brings me to is how the hell did we not see that coming? You know, it's, it's, we have uh, uh, organizations, bodies of government, uh, associations doing the studies and the work, and did we not see it coming, or did we just you know, not care. And now we're, you know, screwed. It's my, I think it's, it's it's Facebook. (laughs) Uh, I think it's, I think it's another one of these things where, you know, I'm sure there was a number of people that were like, um, like red flags were going up. Right. And, And now it's, it's, and now it's to the point where it's like the blame game. It's it's a room full of you know people standing there talking about it, and everyone's pointing the finger at everyone else as to what the problem is, right? Mm. Uh, you know, you've got the you've got OPEC and the Saudis, and they're saying you know it's it's a bunch of guys in London and New York trading the oil up so high and speculating, and that's what's killing the oil price, the, you know, the oil right. price. And then you've got you've got you've got here in the U.S. you've got manufacturers saying, listen. We can. We don't have enough uh, capacity to to make gasoline, and that's why it's so expensive. You know, that's what's pushing the oil price up. And then you've got the other side, of course, which is the Chinese saying. You know, or we're saying about the Chinese that you know yeah. their increased demand is is really beginning to cripple uh, it, and it's a supply and demand issue, right? There's not yeah, enough of, of it to go around. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and which one of those is right, or is it all of them, or is it the six others we didn't? You know, I didn't just mention. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess they're all reasonable. I'm pretty sure it's a it's a bit of everything. Um, and see, that bothers me. Like they're all reasonable. Like that's wait a minute. You know, like when I I just I'm worried about that. Like we're all so easy to say. I, I agree with you. Like what what went wrong? Why didn't we know this come? It seems like we're kind of like lackadaisical about it now. Especially yeah. here, it's becoming more and more prevalent in the news. But yeah. like. We've been sitting, you know, here in America, gas is still relatively cheap in comparison to the rest of you know, at least Europe. But uh, yeah. um. Yeah, I mean, we just sat here and watched it go, you know, up a dollar, up another dollar, up another dollar. And everyone's like, oh, whatever, oh, whatever. And now it's like, you know, pushing $5 in some places. And people are like, hey, wait wait a minute. It's kind of expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Mohammed? Uh, in in, in uh, Qatar, obviously, you have a lot of uh, oil and you have you have a lot of natural gas. I think that's the, the main thing you have. We um, have more gas than oil. Right. We put, yeah. But I guess energy-wise, so you have a lot of it. So do, are yeah. you guys like, uh, you know, rubbing your hands and going like, ha, 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 we're even more rich? <laughs> or, or are you worried or what's happening there? Well, um, over in uh, Qatar, the price of gas is like pretty cheap. Like uh, compared to over here, I was surprised at the prices. I was like, yeah, because you're, you're in Washington at the moment, right? Yeah. And um, like, over in Qatar, it's um, well. There's a reason why we have the you know h- highest uh, 
pay per capita, you know, because yeah. of all the gas and oil. And um, what I'm really worried about right now is there's going to be more demand for it, and it's just going down a it's just going down a hill. And eventually, what's going to happen if there's no oil? Right. Yeah. So you you feel you you feel you're concerned in your country about you know someday it's gonna basically the reason why they the, the OPEC didn't increase the production is that they're saying listen we're the we don't have an infinite supply and the demand is high now so increasing the production is just going to be a temporary fix which I guess is understandable too but you you get that worry in Qatar also yeah because like all we have now is gas and oil if you run out of that we'll we'll just be like a country over there with no resources like you know natural resources that they can use is and qatar oh sorry go ahead took it on is qatar one of those uh, really uh, desert like country where you know like dubai that basically got completely built up from desert from the ground up in 30 years or yeah yeah that's what happened um we were just like tribal we're just tribal families until we sort of got organized we're just small country mm. then we found oil and we're like yeah. Dubai number two yeah okay um another thing that happened because of the price of oil is something i was talking about last month which is uh, strikes well you know i'm always talking about strikes when it comes <laughs> to France. but um strikes in the truckers uh, uh industry because obviously the gas is the, the the gas price have gotten so high that they're barely making a profit and so they are blocking the the highways and uh well not so much now but a few weeks ago they were completely blocking the highways especially between france and spain for example 600 to 800 uh trucks were blocked for two days the guys couldn't move couldn't go uh, you know away could they had were blocked on the highways i saw those pictures you did so yeah. w how do you guys see that from uh, I, ha I have to say it's also happening in, in Spain, not just in France. But how do you guys see that from from abroad? Do, do you think it's completely crazy or do you understand it or I think it's I think it's perfectly understandable. And I think the same you get the same complaints from truckers here in the United States who I mean, everything just like Europe, everything moves by truck here. And, you know, the you know, you take this everyone doesn't worry about this diesel price fuel. Right. But like everything you eat, everything you consume, everything you have is all dependent upon that truck. Right. I mean, the clothes I'm wearing don't come from this country. They come from Southeast Asia and they've got to come to me by truck. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, I mean. Diesel prices here in the United States went from 80 cents probably three years ago to they're pushing four fifty five dollars a gallon. So, Jeez, wow. uh, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of money. And so you look at those truckers striking there, and you got to realize that if it continues to increase, uh, truckers aren't unionized or put together for the most part in this country, but uh, they're all together out there on the road, and it wouldn't take much for them to get organized and stop movement of goods, and that would cripple the economy. How would the country react, though, if they started blocking the highways? Uh, you'd have to block it in the east, right? Because if you block the highway in the west, you would, people would just drive around you because it's, you know, <laughs> there's, so much, there's so much room. <laughs> uh, I guess if you blocked it in a major city like Los Angeles or right. you know, Denver or Phoenix or something like that. But uh, I think that they would react just like, you know, they would react poorly. They would be against them at first because no one likes, this, no one likes to be stuck in traffic. No one thinks about the long-term yeah. effects of them, right? Yeah, I guess. 
What, what about what, what about you, uh, Mohammed? Strikes happen often in, in Qatar. Yeah, it's okay. I just need to to uh, say this. We were talking when we were uh, preparing the show a few days ago, and you were telling, basically describing Qatar as this paradise where everything was <laughs> nice and everyone was happy and well when you when you're the richest country in the world i can understand it but do, do you even have strikes or do people just parade in the streets with flowers in their hair <laughs> right. palm trees flowing drinks uh well honestly i haven't seen that many strikes any um even if they did come out uh they just have to get permission to strike Oh wow! From whom? Uh, I think from the government. Oh, because like okay, you know, uh, a lot of people aren't happy when the streets are closed. So yeah. you know. Yeah, well, it's uh, people aren't very happy here either, but you know they do it anyway. That's the point, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, make well, people unhappy enough, and you'll be heard. There's right. no uh, reason to be like angry at the gas prices over over yeah. uh, in Qatar, because like over there, it's always cheap. So what do you mm. think? Of, do, you, do you even get the news of people, uh, of truckers on strike, get, you know, blocking the highways and everything? I didn't even know about this when I came to D.C. Because, like, over here, <laughs> I'm not used to the, like, you know, low you, news. Wait wait a second. You, you, you mean you didn't even know about the high gas prices or? No, no, no. I meant, like, the trucker strike. Okay. I knew about the high gas prices. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, I guess that's not going to be resolved anytime soon. And uh, the projections are, give uh, some projections, we have to be careful here, uh, are putting uh, the barrel of oil at $300 by 2015. So I that's don't think that's going to change anytime soon. One last thing on that gas prices. Uh, yeah, there was a, I just watched a news uh, on the news. There were down in like uh, Texas and uh, people were driving across the border into Mexico and buying gas where it's uh, <laughs> you know it's like a dollar a dollar a gallon or less wow. and then driving back across the border and saving 40 or 50 dollars per fill up well you know that that's the thing that's a little bit scary I, I don't have a car because I, there's no point having a car in Paris it's such a crowded city but I don't really see any way out of this. I mean, the only way would be to find another source of energy. The, even oil, it, obviously, the demand is increasing, and the 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 supply is not going to get any bigger. You know, except that you, you know, know the ice caps melt and we find uh, oil in the, the North Pole, <laughs> but that's going to be another issue. But you know what I find very interesting? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the problem is. Of all the people that would lose their job at the oil factory when we go to another energy source. Well, yeah, you know, things that have to happen have to happen. Right. This is this is uh, this is going to change, and I think that uh, you know, if you look at the last gas crisis in the seventies, uh, it pushed it pushed innovation in setting higher standards for gasoline in cars. It also set you know the the mo the motion of hybrid cars, electric cars. All of those came out of that last crunch. And if you look in 1985, the OPEC ra they raised production and lower the price of oil so that it would stymie this this uh, this move towards a different energy source, right? right. And so. If if anything's to happen now out of this, if we can take anything out of you know four or five hundred dollar barrel uh, oil, is that this huge demand will push and move us finally, hopefully, into a different energy source, into something that maybe runs cleaner and is more abundant on the planet, like I don't know, salt water. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think in 50, 80 years from now, we're going to look back at this and think, you know, it was going to happen anyway, and good things came out of it in the end. So, Right. Okay, let's move on to another topic. Um, the lovely people of Ireland uh, voted on the amended constitution. I don't know if that's the official name, but a simplified constitution for Europe. And they voted no. Do you guys know what this is about? Uh, I do. Not a clue. Okay. Just not that much. No. Uh, <laughs> Jim, do you want to take this one or? Uh, no, go ahead. I mean, it, this is this is your bag. This is the EU, okay. right? Right. Okay. So what happened a couple of years ago is that France and uh, uh, Dutchland, uh, Holland, I mean, um, voted on the European Constitution, which was made to expand uh, the federal status, I guess, of uh, the EU. And France and, and uh, Holland voted no, which was an earthquake in Europe because it br brought the whole union to a halt, basically. Um, and then Sarkozy was elected president in France, and he drafted a simplified version of the Constitution, which um, basically got rid of some elements, but allowed the union to work uh, on an administrative administrative uh, standpoint. And that new constitution was to be submitted to a few countries, including France, who didn't vote by refer referendum this time, but by uh, senatorial vote, basically. And Ir uh, Ireland also. And the Irish voted no to that simplified constitution. So again, Europe is brought to a grinding halt, Bec and it, there is a lot of resentment in the EU because, you know, Ireland, before they entered the EU, was a pre-industrial country and they got a huge, huge, huge amount of money from the EU. And now, because of uh, a lot of false information and fear and economic recession uh, in Ireland, they thought that, you know, they had to protect themselves from external, uh, from decisions being made outside of, of their own uh, um, power, uh, you know, sphere of influence. So they voted no, and it's making things very difficult for French, uh, the French uh, government, because they are going to be taking the presidents of um, the EU in a few days, and they start with, you know, a bad uh, situation right. to begin with. So that's basically the whole. Story. You know, what I think is funny about, like, the resentment towards Ireland is, you know, I think it's, it's I, I'm kind of like, I can't what, decide what which to come to down on. Just, just a second. Are you of, of Irish descent? or I am not. I am oh. not. Damn, I, I would not. have had so much fun if you were. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, one, you know, to, to, to be upset with them because they received a lot of money. And you're right. The, 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 they're joining the EU helped Ireland more than probably, you know, any other country. I mean, they really, it really rebounded their economy or like that. But for that, for to say, you know, to say to them that they don't have a vote and that their vote doesn't matter or count, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little rough. Like they can have their opinion and if they want to bow out, I mean, they're being, they're being called the lonely no right now. Right. I mean, <laughs> even, even, even Britain got on board. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that, I think that there just needs to be resolution. And I think that, uh, you know, they should, I'm sure they're working behind the scenes diligently to get Ireland on board. And uh, I mean, I've read the I read the little accord. I mean, it looks like it. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, if if the EU, you know, this is what the you know the EU has been trying to do for a hundred years since the founding of this idea, and that is get it together and become a major block, right? Become a major yeah. player. And without this Absolutely. kind of without this without this power uh, 
to bring things under control, it's you know you're going to continue to flounder against other you know economic sources, especially you know powerhouses like China. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I have to say, you know, um, it's not that strongly worded in in the. I mean, the opinion isn't that strong. It's it's bitter rather than you know really uh, uh, aggressive towards Ireland. It's like. You know, we of course you have your say. Of course you c you can do whatever you want, and you're a but part. But fall of in the EU. line. But no, not fall in the line. But you know, <laughs> you, you, you look around and you're like, and I'm not saying that's what I think, but uh, the general impression is like, c come on, seriously? Like after all we did for you, you're stabbing us in the back. <laughs> that's a little stiff, you know. Anyway, uh, that's, um, that's Irish. <laughs> I think I think it's you know what I think if anything I look at this whole EU thing and I think this it's absolutely amazing that all of these countries you know I mean not just like you know here in the United States it's a bunch of different states but for the most part we've been together since the beginning I mean these are countries that have been established for hundreds of years and they can get together and, and you know and do what you guys have done I mean it's amazing and to, and there's of course there's going to be little bumps in the road and I think this is just a tiny little bump Yeah, I think the the overall uh, story here is that it takes time and it's not going to be, you know, finished in a, in a couple of days anyway, in, in, or a couple of years or even a couple of decades. But in the end, yeah, these things take take time and it's going to take a lot more time. But in the end, it's going to be a good thing. Um, Mohammed, did what? What do you think about all this? Do you even care about EU? Or? <laughs> 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 well, I just feel like I don't know. I'm looking at the situation like. Everybody in the EU are like kids at the playground, and they all want to go to the pool. And Ireland is like, no, I don't really want to. And they all get mad at him. <laughs> That's what I feel the situation's like. <laughs> That's, That's a good. pretty good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, do, do you in Qatar get news about what happens in the EU in general, or uh, do you get more news about what happens in the, uh, you know, the Middle East? Or well, obviously you would, but. <laughs> Well, uh, Al Jazeera, uh, it's like uh, the main um, like news channel that I watch over there. It's yeah. like on 24-7 in my house. Mm -hmm. So if I was in Qatar, I would have known about this quite a long time ago. But um, they usually talk about anything, anything major. They just talk about it in okay. Al Jazeera. So. Yeah, I'm sure Al Jazeera covered this pretty extensively. Yeah, we were talking about Al, Jazeera, Al Jazeera with Turkey in the uh, previous episode, and uh, yeah, any, everyone says that basically they are the CNN of the uh, Middle East. But yeah, Turkey had a few things to say about that. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, let's go to the next topic, which is as we do every month, the U.S. election with something major happening uh, with Hillary Clinton. Or maybe you want to take this one, Jim. This is Wait a minute! Something major happened with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, she got she got booted out by the press. I'll tell you what, it was unfair. Really? It was it was unright, and uh, I'm still mad about it. Um, wait, 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 wait! Were you supporting Hillary? I was a Hillary supporter. I know okay. that that might be surprising, but uh, no, hey, it takes I, uh, all kinds. I'm a you know I, I'm a I'm a Democrat. Uh, tried and true i guess and geez you I know just, ev everyone we get here is a democrat we seriously have to get uh, republicans on the show anyway <laughs> I, was a, I, was a, I was a i was a republican once and i think that i'm a moderate democrat on some things uh, uh -huh. i you know some people might disagree with that I, i sometimes come off a little too liberal but uh no i mean i think that if you look at the yeah you're right hillary clinton got uh got out at the beginning of June. Uh, finally, you know, a lot of people would uh, say that, you know, back in March when she pretty much lost Super Tuesday, 
mm-hmm. you know, she should have gotten out then. And uh, I was of the thought in March, you know, when it came, you know, in, you know, in the United States, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure you do. I mean, the Super Tuesday is the day in which there's like there was 20 uh, primaries, and that pretty much tells you who you know the Republicans and the Democrats are going to pick, right? It it always usually falls out in March, and then we take a couple of months break, and they get back at it for a general election. Yeah. And uh, this this year they got the Republican John McCain, and, and then we uh, we we fought it out for another three or four months with two candidates who were very very strong, uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and and I just think that you know. It, it can't. After March, for me, I was like, I don't care who it is, you know. I'll <laughs> vote for either of them. I just want them to stop. Like they spent millions of dollars, and and they kind of they they tore the party apart a little bit. And uh, I, I was kind of worried that it was going to go all the way to the convention in in mm-hmm. August. Yeah. But she got out, and I I think that was kind of a broker deal. And we'll see what comes out of that. They're going to be together today. They're going to be together on Friday, uh, campaigning together for the very first time. And you know, there's there's a whole subsection of people now that are saying they'll vote for McCain just to spite because, uh, you know, yeah. Just how? Because. Although you know, when I hear uh, Hillary Clinton's policies, uh, she's so maybe that's because I'm French and we're a bunch of socialists. But she's so <laughs> far right, you know, she's so far out to the right that it makes me wonder how. Democrat she really is. That's my impression anyway. So here's the problem, right? In America, if you want to become president, you've got to come to the middle, right? So start far left in the very beginning. And as you get closer and closer to becoming president, as the election goes on, you have to move to the middle. You've got to move to the middle or you won't get the independence in the country. You won't get their vote. And without their vote, you can't be president. So, so, uh, so you think Obama is going to start drifting right now? Absolutely. I think, if anything, you can already see some of that like movement to the right. If he doesn't, they're just going to rip him up, right? Mm. Uh, he, he, he has only you can only buy into this change thing for so long, right? You know, and if you listen to conservative radio or television here or read it in the United States, you'll see the Republicans already beating him up as like a young nobody who doesn't know anything. And it's only going to take, you know, they call it the October surprise here in the United States. And that's usually in October, something comes out that changes the election results for Mm -hmm. November. And so, uh, yeah, I I guess to get back to the Hillary thing, I, I think that, you know, they started to beat her up. Uh, the press started to beat her up because they started to like Obama more. And uh, I think got, I think she got a pretty negative shake in the press towards the end. And uh, I know that a lot of people will disagree with me saying, you know, she's a Clinton and she brought it upon herself. And But I think what it really comes down to is, and, and I've said this time and time again, is that I'm not sure – this country would more – would more like a black man than a woman to be president because I don't think we can handle a woman in this country yet, which is, I think, a sad state of affairs. And I don't think it's being said enough in this country either that like uh, that we have a problem with a woman leading us, you know. And if you if you look at a lot of like the the pro Clinton press, there's a lot of women saying, you know, here it is again, you know, women are getting the bad shit. Yeah. Oop! Someone dropped off. Uh, I'm uh, still with you. Yeah, so Jim decided... You know, I think that's the Clinton... Uh, uh, not the Clinton. <laughs> it's <laughs> the Obama McCain, The McCain and Obama uh, campaign. <laughs> Making him drop uh, off. Yeah. I'm adding him Here again. Here he is again. Yeah. <laughs> it, it thought I was talking too much, so it cut me off. <laughs> yeah. No, it, we, we, were, we were explaining to the audience that it was actually the Obama campaign, uh, you know, dropping you off. To. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't them. want to sound too negative, but, I, you know, I'll vote for Obama uh, as long as he stays true. <laughs> as long as he stays – yeah, don't cut me off again. As long as he stays true to uh, his uh, – 
As long as he stays true. I'm just I'm a little worried. We'll see what happens. Okay. You know, I have a friend who was uh, telling me uh, uh, that Americans would rather vote for a black man than a woman. It, that was maybe two years ago. Um, Rowan was telling me that. If you're listening, Rowan, good call, man. Um, and I couldn't believe him. And, and, you know, he got proven right, I guess. But, um, yeah. oh, well, I don't know if it's the fact that she was a woman, but definitely you can feel that. Be playing a part of uh, in the whole thing, but what I'm really curious about, though, is how can people who were, who are claiming to be Democrats go with McCain just out of spite? That's something. Can you shed some light on that, or do they hate uh, Obama? Uh, or? Revenge is a you know is a best served warm. No, I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> it's they uh, they you know it's it's easy to you know McCain has always been. Uh, a friend of the independents and you know if you remember back in 2004 there was a lot of talk of bringing McCain on as Kerry's running mate mm -hmm. um, he, he's not the most you know re Republicans and especially hardline conservatives do not like McCain they think that he is he is, he's played ball with the Democrats way too much and uh, you know he's been a senator for some 20 years and you know you've got to make deals in the Senate and uh, you know that's part of that's part of the great thing about our, our country and about our government is that it's built on you know bridging the gap and bringing the two parties together and, and making good legislation that way and I think that as Americans especially during this time we forget that that's what it's all about right you know uh, right it's, that's uh, one of the great things and so the, so the spite thing I think it's just like you know what if we don't get what we want we'll vote for the other guy and that'll show you which is just it's it's not it's not a very bright way to do it I guess you know yeah we were talking Mohammed was talking Talking about kids, uh, not you know, wanting to go play at the pool. Exactly, just same before. thing. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. I think McCain has displayed a lot more republicanism in the past few months but uh, maybe that's he's, just me he's, he, no no you're absolutely right he's had to he's really playing to his right because if he can't get the if he can't get the religious right especially to show up to vote he could be in trouble right Mohammed, uh, anything you you want to add about that uh, the US election uh, the only thing I'm um, <laughs> I'm just not sure why they're doing it is they're not voting for Obama because of his middle name I heard <laughs> yeah, the Republicans are playing that up because he has, you know, the, there's been a bunch of emails floating around that uh, he's a Muslim and that, you know, because his name's Hussein, like, you, you can't trust him, which, you know, is absolutely ridiculous because, one, he's an American citizen, he was born an American, two, he's a U.S. senator, I mean, come on! <laughs> and yeah. and uh, also... Uh, They're also not voting for him because he wants to go around and talk with the foreign leaders that are suppo uh, like supposedly the enemies of America. I This think. Is a, yeah, go ahead. I think, as a president, you should do that because it sort of heals the wounds that can easily be healed between both nations. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this is just another like right wing or uh, spin control. You know, they they took. They took one thing that he said and they spun it back the other way or they cut off half of what he said and they just used it as a good uh, – it's a good little scare tactic for the other side, right? Saying, you know, you know what he really said about is that he'd, he would sit down. But on his terms, you know, he's not – you know, it's just – it's fun. They're just trying to make him look weak, right? And yeah. not strong, and that that plays that plays big in this country. You've got to look like a strong leader, I and mean, it plays big in any country, right? We're going to have a little bit more to say about that in uh, in the local stories when I'm going to talk about Sarkozy uh, uh, and the Middle East. But um, 
just a couple of more things. Uh, Mohammed, do you feel like Qatar is rooting for, for a Republican or, or Obama or McCain? Or do they have a favorite or do they not care? Because I'm guessing that, you know, when you have oil, you're going to go with the Republicans. But uh, I'm not really sure what Qatar wants, but at least um, a president that would buy a product. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess, uh, you know, that would be McCain, I think, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, another thing on the on the U.S. election is uh, the the book from McLean. Um, did you hear about that, Jim? Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't even. Uh, maybe I did, and I just don't know what what it is. What is it? You know, uh, McLean was the press secretary for a couple oh, of years. Oh, McClellan. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, my my bad. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. So, um, yeah, he he basically got a book out saying, you know, I was the press secretary for a couple of years and, um, you know, what we did was very dishonest and we twisted the truth and we lied. And right. how does that play in the election? And is it, you know, like, yeah, right, like that, tell me something new or is it a big impact or? It was a big impact uh, in terms of, you know, Scott McClellan was... He was a Bushman, and he was tried and true to the party. And for him to come out and say this against the administration was a hit, was a big hit. And yeah. uh, you know, is I, McCain going to suffer because of it? No, not at all. I, I think if anything, it, it ran its press cycle. And he, play, I've seen him a couple more times in the last couple of weeks, but uh, he sold some books because of it. And I think it, it kind of shows you. It just kind of shows you, like once again, like the, you know, the Bush administration was just just. Uh, it's unbelievable the amount that they could pull off, you know, and and I think if anything, if you look at Scott McClellan, he was just pissed because he was lied to and he went out there and he he put his face on the line and now he kind of looks like an idiot. And I think he wrote this book sort of like a, you make me look like an idiot, I'll make you look like an idiot, right? So spite again. Spite uh, again. I think it's spite and I think, you know, there was was some money to be made there. Yeah, of course. Do do you think he didn't know? He seriously was uh, sincere when he was coming out and saying what he was saying? I, part of it has to do with this whole Valerie Plain thing, which is the CIA operative that the you know right. that the, the administration you know put out there, and uh, I think that he was being told by top administrators saying you know this is true, this is true, and these are people that he trusted, so maybe not. I mean, if people that I trusted and worked for, and he was he was a believer, is a true neocon, a believer. So like, I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't second guess these guys. You know, the president comes to me and says something that's true, I'm, I'm most likely going to believe him. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Um, what, what's again? I'm turning back to Mohammed. Uh, what's your view on the Bush administration in that re- that regard? You know, the the lead up to the war and uh, Iraq and everything like that. And then we're going to move on. Well, um, uh, uh, as a country, Qatar was uh, you know it's just, it dealt with America. Okay, you know, as a country, but like all of the locals that I know, there's a strong resentment to him and. Well, they keep on uh, blaming him for Iraq and stuff, all the locals. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm the only one that's, uh, like, not choosing a side. Because, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, okay, he, he did what he did, but you can't just hate a guy for it. But, um, yeah, that's what the locals feel. Okay. I, I would argue that you can hate people for what they do, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I just said I don't, you know. Okay, yeah, sure, of course. 
Okay, we have a couple more stories, uh, including uh, uh, Zimbabwe and uh, very important things. But we're running a little bit behind, so I'm going to go to something way more important, which is the Euro <laughs> 2008 uh, Soccer Championship. Um, <laughs> so, of course, the European uh, Soccer Championship is a very big event sports-wise in Europe. Um, I'm not a very big football fan, so I don't really care. But uh, it's been dominating the news uh, ever until, you know, France lost to Italy in a shameful uh, match. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to know if you guys heard about it and uh, if you cared. Um, well, I'll, I'll go. Um, in Qatar, like, soccer is very important. We always play it. We always look at the news on it. We, we love the sport. So Euro 2008 is a big thing in Qatar. Not a big thing for me. I don't really like soccer. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go, my man. <laughs> soccer is really boring. I think the only thing more boring than soccer is baseball. And I, I'm going to make a lot of enemies there. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> I hate baseball. Yeah, ba baseball, I don't understand how it continues to draw fans in. And if you look at a baseball game and you look at the stands, like if it's not like playoff time or whatever, there's no one there, right? There's these huge American stadiums yeah. and they're empty. You know, they see 10... 10, 20, 30,000 people, there's nobody there. Uh, although, if, ba if baseball doesn't reinvent itself, I think it's toast. <laughs> you know, I have to be honest, though. Watching it on, on, the, on, the, on the television is boring, but I went to a game uh, when I was in, in San Francisco a couple of months ago, and that was uh -huh. a lot of fun. Going there was, you know, a day out. I, I will, you can make yeah. a day out of it, and that's fun, but just watching it. I think, I think any sporting event is, you know, if you go with friends, especially baseball, it's warm, there's beer, there's food. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to have a good time, right? Yeah. Uh, but the game's still boring. It's still moving at the slowest pace you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel bad because Kurt Schilling is a... Uh, is, uh, co-host on one of the shows i uh, i do and, uh, <laughs> well Kurt, you know i love you man but uh yeah the the, the thing I, it's not my game anyway so anyway the euro uh 2008 uh <laughs> right, right. Jim, do, do you guys <laughs> care or, because i hear uh, a lot that you know soccer is you know the girls football thing that they do in high school Right. Well, no, soccer's big here. I mean, I played soccer for a number of years when I was a kid, and uh, uh, oh, you know, so it's it's you're like it, a girl, right? I am a girl, <laughs> indeed. Uh, well, if there, if I was could be on the girls' soccer team, would have been all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think that you know I I've been watching. Uh, I've seen a couple of matches on ESPN too. It's being it's actually being done in HD, uh, so it's kind of cool to watch. And uh, you know, soccer is growing in the United States. Um, you know, they've got we've got our own league now, which has gotten a little bit. We got Beckham a couple of years what, last year, so that helped the that helped press wise. Mm. But I still think it's got a long way. It's no it's nowhere near as big as it is in the rest of the world you know football still dominates american football still dominates you know here oh, in the united states oh there you go that that's the most boring thing ever that no, is actually, worse than i like actually i like american football really? it's not really? bad yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, wow. That's a surprise. I, I just think that, uh, you know, if you want to, uh, George Clooney did a movie this year about American football in the beginning, and it's like a perfect commentary on what went wrong with American football. It's great. Okay. I'll try to catch that. Uh, oh, by the way, we also have something like American football here. It's called rugby, and we don't use any of that wimpy, oh. you know, body <laughs> armor and things like that. We just right. ram into one another just, you know, full on. <laughs> Yeah, rugby's fun. I mean, that's what American football, you know, that rugby, we stole it, so. Yeah. And then we'll seed it out. 
If you want to hear something funny, most of Always. the Qatari national team is not Qatari. Really? really? The national team? The national team. They, uh, they have Qatari passports, but they're not Qatari. <laughs> so they, they, like, they buy the guys for the, for the football team? Where do they get yeah. them from? Like we have this uh, guy called Sebastian. He's from Uruguay, and he's on the national team. He actually scored a couple of goals for the World Cup preliminaries. <laughs> wow, oh, that's good. Oh, hey, that's uh, there. You go. That's how I can get into the the into Qatar. I just need to play football like an international uh, athlete. There you yeah, go. Yeah, just, <laughs> just get, <laughs> get you on that. We're gonna get you on that uh, that fitness routine right away. Yeah. Hey, you know I've been running like half an hour twice a, a week, and it's been killing me already. So I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> All right. Let, let's move on to our local stories uh, and and this section. Okay, local stories. Um, I'm. Should I start, or does anyone want to start? Go ahead. Let's let's hear what's going on locally. Okay. Um, so you know that would go a lot go a lot smoother if we actually came prepared. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there was a big story a couple of weeks ago uh, about a marriage, uh, a wedding that got annulled uh, because the girl lied about being a virgin and it went all the way to the courts. Uh, it was, of course, tied to a religious issue. The guy was a Muslim and he wanted his wife to be a virgin. And it got really big because, you know, there was basically two things. It was the fact that she lied, which was, you know, she, he, she deceived his trust. And the fact that he, he's argument was based on the fact that he was a Muslim and it was a problem because, you know, you, it, it's very difficult for women to establish themselves already in that environment. So the, 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 the court actually saying that the, the claim had grounds was making it even bigger uh, in that respect. But, you know, it, it was really a two-pronged argument. The, the lying and the religious issues were very different and the, the court ruled on the lying part and the big the story became big because of the uh religious part so that was a really big stories so story they there. gave they gave the annulment because she lied to her husband yeah yeah well, i guess that's uh, marriage though you lie <laughs> well, this is coming from the 16-year-old. <laughs> I told you 16-year-olds were a lot smarter than we were at their age. <laughs> yeah. What's the status of, of things like that in Qatar? Because last month we had, uh, when we had Turkey on, he was talking about uh, uh, things in, in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, women were not in the greatest situation ever, even though it was improving. Um how what's the the status of women in Qatar? Uh, they actually have a lot of rights. Like women can drive there, they can vote. Um, we actually have them in the government too, and wow. they're just sort of heads of um, like some parts of uh, businesses. Hmm. Okay. So so there's no discrimination. There's no Islamic rule, uh, hard Islamic rule in Qatar. Well, it's 
Islamic women in Qatar is not as hard as Saudi Arabia. That's okay. all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah, you were telling us before that you can even get uh, alcohol. That it's not completely forbidden, basically. But it it is forbidden, but if you want it, you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's like pot for in, in the U.S. or France, Yeah, in, in U.S., you know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. What about pot? What about you know, uh, you know, uh, drugs? Can you get them in Qatar or? There's the um, there's a drug problem here actually uh, because we keep on getting uh, like drugs from like uh, Pakistan and Iran. They're going through uh, through this um, ocean and going into Qatar hmm. and like you know selling drugs from there. Okay. And we actually have a thing called CID. Which is making some major drug busts here in Qatar. Well, not oh. here in Qatar. CID. Qatar. That, that that sounds like a TV show. Yeah. CID <laughs> busts in Qatar. That's great. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, for for people who don't know, maybe we should have said that before. But Qatar is actually on the side of Saudi Arabia. It's a t tiny part of what could have been Saudi Arabia. It's a peninsula, I guess. They actually took some of our lands a long time ago. That's Sorry. all I remember. Uh, uh, what's his name? We, Qatar was actually bigger, but then Saudi Arabia oh. took a lot of the land. Bastards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to say about that uh, wedding thing, Jim, from the U.S. perspective? I, or? That's, I mean, that's just interesting. I mean, I guess, like, you know, if you lie, I mean, I guess that's grounds for I, – I, I always have a hard time with that whole annulment thing, right? Like, uh, you know – you sh I guess you know it just comes down to you know you got to know who you're going to marry, right? And then I to guess, get the yeah. court involved of it, in it, and you know I I just think that like the state's involvement in marriage just just baffles my mind. You know why we've allowed this to come and happen throughout the world is bothersome. Like in my mind, I guess marriage is between the man and the woman, or the man and the man, or the woman and the woman, depending on where you're from. Uh, and you know it, how they work it out is like you know why do we have to spend in, especially in this country I can't even imagine how much money is spent you know <laughs> negotiating out of one of these bad marriages because someone lied to someone or stole something or did something wrong so it's just to me it's all frivolous like this they should you should work it out with you it's your problem not the states hey, right you know what you, you were asking why before I think we're old guys here and we can agree to blame the women for it. So we can say women are crazy. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's much easier. It's much easier. Right. It's there we go. Fault. It's the women's fault. There we go. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna get hate mail and bombed in the house. <laughs> we're kidding. We love women, all of them, uh, and men. <laughs> we love everyone. We're we're a panel of of lovers. Um, <laughs> talking about uh, love, uh, I'd have to disagree on that. <laughs> Um, okay, next story from, from France is, uh, it's a little bit international too. Uh, Sarkozy was in Israel uh, a few, I think he still is actually, uh, it was a few days ago, and he was pushing for his Mediterranean, uh, Mediterranean Alliance uh, project, which is very dear to his heart. Uh, it's the idea that he wants the whole of the Mediterranean countries to bend together in a union similar to the one we have in Europe. So it would be, it would take, you know, all the Northern African countries and the Gulf countries and basically everyone. Uh, right. And, and give them a, 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 a governmental federal body kind of type of thing. And he's been pushing it. And the interesting thing is that he wants Israel to be part of it also. So that would be a, a way to, you know, 
try to get people to talk. Uh, um, we were saying before that it's very important for people to talk, and I definitely agree. I mean, a lot of people criticize the UN, and I do that too because we say, you know, they don't, they never do anything. And but you have to imagine what it was before we had the UN. People, countries didn't have a forum to talk and to to you know to just communicate so anyway that that's a big thing and he was making a speech at the Knesset in Israel so that was a big story uh, in France did you hear about that oh yeah really yeah yeah I mean that's the first time a French president's talked to the Knesset in a while 20 years or something like that and uh, yeah I mean for him to come there and you know he was like you know he's pitching the 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 one uh, the one capital state for Palestine and uh, Israel and yeah I mean it's it's big you know and uh, you know so he was leaving this morning there was a bomb did you see that it went off it killed oh, somebody no, I didn't. and they had to put him on the plane quickly um, yeah I mean it's a big it's a big event when any president goes you know there and tries to get you know the the middle the Middle East the, it would be great if they could come together and talk and yeah. have something like the EU or you know bound together like we have over here I mean I just I think that it's it's a good start of a dream, right? And uh, how it would work or how it would come together is beyond my comprehension at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been we've been in, in Europe, we've been at it for a while, and still we get those pesky Irish people. Yeah, Irish people. <laughs> Kids at the pool. Yeah. So you know, they, they they might have to work at it for a while longer, also, to get to all get in the same pool. Right. Um, yeah, that, that metaphor is going to get old really <laughs> fast. Mohammed, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's your, your view? I get not your personal view, but the view of Qatar on, on Israel and, and Palestine and the conflict there. Well, thanks for putting me in such a you know, stressful position, speaking for <laughs> Qatar, you know, about this. Uh, there's uh, two views, actually. There's the view of the locals and there's the view of the government. Government, you know... Every government has to be like on good relation with someone, because then we can trade better and stuff. And we're just sort of we're just sort of neutral with Israel. But the locals, you know, uh, there's a lot of hate on Israel in the locals. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so standard. I'm gonna get hate mail for this too, but standard Muslim country, you don't really like Israel. I think it's pretty safe to say that. You know, usually they're not friends. Well. Well, as a government, you know, we're okay with them, but locals, yeah. you know, they just don't like them. Okay. Well, yeah, what about pretty, I read the, I read they're pretty neutral on uh, Israel, mm. and they get some flack for that. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's not too bad. Um, goodwill. Did, yeah. What about the, the news reports? Like when you get a news from, you know, Israel strikes back at uh, some camp in south of Lebanon, and do you get the news from, you know, the Israeli oh. ruthless, ruthlessly killed 13 people in the camps or do you get like it was a re retaliation from a horrible attack uh from from uh hezbollah or do you get one-sided things or uh al jazeera actually does both sides well uh it doesn't go like oh my god look at these israelis look what they're doing they're just saying this is what happened here's what israel did and that's the story okay you you listen to to al jazeera in in english or in uh in arabic in Arabic, and if uh, there's someone else that wants to listen to it in English, I'll just listen to English. I just listen to both. Oh, by the way, you, your your English is excellent. How come? Uh, it's not excellent. 
still have that small <laughs> accent, you know. But uh, uh, kindergarten was in America for me. Okay. So I just learned English there. Cool. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Um, let's go to Mohammed. You seem okay. to be on the road. Uh, <laughs> well, since we're talking about Palestine, Israel, there was um, a film over here at the cinema about uh Palestine and Israel. See how I did that? I, I remembered that, that you were <laughs> going to talk about that, and that was my transition. <laughs> I absolutely remembered it. That's not true. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's a film about uh, this 13-year-old named Sammy and his donkey, and it's just about him. <clears throat> uh, it's about him like trying to go through Palestine and Israel occupied uh, Palestine. He's just trying to make a living there, you know. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a documentary or is it fiction? Yeah, it's a documentary. What's the name of it? Uh, it didn't. Uh, let me see. Uh, my simple story. It's in uh, the theaters in Qatar. It's a Qatari film, or it's uh, by a Canadian Palestinian, but he premiered it. He premiered it in Qatar. Okay. I think I think um, I, I'm not sure, but I think uh, Qatar. Let this be premiered as it's sort of like, you know, um, they're trying to educate the people about what's happening there as the 60th anniversary of Israel. Hmm. I think this is what they're doing. So the guy is Palestinian. Isn't, is there a concern that he's going to be one-sided or is he fair? Or Well, his views on the little kid, like what goes wrong to this little kid is what's happening to all the other little kids in the area. Right. So okay. you just sort of know. Okay. On a lighter note, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, it it always gets heavy when we talk about that part of the world. We try we try to get you know light tones on everything, but yeah, it's not it's not easy when we talk about that. Sorry, go ahead. Um, Danish archaeologists found a prehistoric settlement in Qatar, uh, seven hundred thousand years old. Yeah, you sent me that link. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was remarkable because, uh, sorry, you, you want to say it, I'm, but... Oh, uh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. What, what I saw is that it was the first signs of organized um, uh, civilization, basically. I mean, organized settlements, 700,000 years old. So, yeah, yeah that, that would uh, put Qatar in the first, uh, you know, the first spot for actual, you know, the first one we discovered that was that old for settlements so well uh what it did was it uh it may confirm alternative theories on how early humans by the way i'm reading this off the site i don't talk like this (laughs) (laughs) it confirms alternative theories on how early humans emigrated from the african continent that's fascinating seven hundred thousand years yeah so jim what would your country think about that relating to you know the the earth being 5,000 years old. Let's not. Can we not, please? <laughs> I, I, I don't... I, I love these 5,000-year-old people. What, what, what are they thinking, you know? I, I mean, five, that's, that's, where did they come up with number is what well, I want to know. I think know. It's, it's a big book, and it's called the Bible. I think that's where they come up I, I don't even think... I mean, I don't even think the Bible puts it at five grand. It's just... It's, it's amazing. Like, that's just... Every time I... There was a movie that came out over Christmas. It was called 10,000 BC, and I just wonder what the Christians thought of that, or, you know, these, 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 these right-wingers. I mean, that has to be a, just a blatant lie to them. I imagine they didn't go see it. <laughs> well, they probably... 
you know, they didn't waste their, their time seeing it. I did, and it was really bad. But uh, yeah, I get those are the good, those are the same guys that did Independence Day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Five thousand years old. I mean, we've we, you know, isn't you know, I don't know. My it just amazes me. I have nothing to say about that. Okay. But uh, the interesting thing is the thought that like Homo sapiens weren't here like seven hundred thousand years ago. So this might actually add some backing to the evolution like debate. Oh, good, awesome. Good. And is is uh, are Qataris taking pride in the fact that you know the settlement might be in Qatar, so you know it it might have some influence, and you know the, they they were the first. First, or, right? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well. We're kind of happy that the spotlight isn't about Qatar made another twenty trillion dollars over oh, oil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So, so I guess my my introduction was pretty crappy. Uh, my introduction of Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Um, okay. okay. Anything you, else, Mohammed? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Like, at least now we know that humans were there seven hundred. Well, yeah, humans were there well, seven hundred thousand years ago because. I have a guess that dinosaurs don't make civilizations. I'm just guessing. <laughs> no. yeah, you never know. Velociraptors yeah. might have like small, you know, mud small hearts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim, do you want to take over? Uh, I have some really local stuff um, in Colorado and throughout uh, a lot of the United States. Um, after prohibition, prohibition in the 20s in the United States, you couldn't drink in, in America. They, 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 all liquor sales stopped, and um, and after that, they lifted prohibition in the late 20s. But a lot of states continued not allowing liquor to be sold on certain days of the week, mostly Sundays. Uh, mm. And in some counties altogether, you can't buy liquor. And uh, and uh, and a lot of states just went to afternoon so that you could go to church and then come home and then you could drink. Um, and in Colorado, well, you, you can't me, buy. Just, just a second, Jim. You, you mean in some counties you can't buy liquor liquor on Sunday, not not all the time. There's actually dry counties in some parts of the east uh, oh, okay. where you can't buy liquor at all. And so you've got to drive like five miles to the other county to buy the liquor. <laughs> uh, and, of course, these are just – a lot of these are leftover laws from uh, our Puritan beginnings, our Christian beginnings, and, and some of them are left on the books um, purely just because they don't want to change the law. Well, uh, here in Colorado and, and four or five other western states have changed it too. They're going to st allow liquor sales on Sunday starting uh, next month. And uh, that's the first change in, uh, well, I'd say 60, 50, 60 years on this law. So this is, this is pretty big uh, for, for me in particular because, you know, you do a lot of stuff on Sundays, you know, and you don't plan ahead and you, you want a bottle of wine and then you realize that <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to be drinking, you know, uh, tap water because you didn't plan ahead. So, yeah, so this it's, it's uh, you know, you don't think anything about it um, and then – you know, it all comes into play, and so it's it's a pretty big it's a pretty big thing for us here. And I know that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that aren't happy about it because the liquor stores was like the one day off, right, that they could take off, and now yeah. that they're gonna have to start working. And I and I've been of the thought that if you don't want to work, don't work. You know, it's it's yeah. your call. You you own the store. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, there there's a lot. Of, it's not related to alcohol. Um, I guess you know, thinking that someone could not be selling alcohol because it's Sunday in France is basically blasphemy. Of course, you know. We've got to have our wine, but um, working on Sunday is a big issue in France. So they, they you know, they, a lot of people lobby to try and make us allowed to work on Sundays. But officially, the law says that you're not allowed to work on Sundays, except for you know restaurants and stuff like that. 
So uh, yeah, I could definitely understand how what's ha happening there. But um, so so what's going to happen? Are they going to allow it, or is it just talks now? Yeah, so it's done. It it uh, it's been in talks for it's been on the it, so it had to go to a ballot and it got voted on in November and uh, it's been back and forth probably for the last five years and they passed it and so it goes into effect. You'll be able to buy liquor starting July sixth, which is the first Sunday in July. So. Yeah, it's 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 kind of cool. Uh, and so what I was really hoping for is it's only in Colorado is also different than a lot of uh, states uh, in the United States that you can only buy liquor in liquor stores and not in like mm. grocery stores or pharmacies yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, they had that in the original part of the law, but it got taken out because the liquor store owners were like, "That'll kill our business." So okay. uh, you can't go to the store and buy like you know fruit meat and beer you have to go to another store which is kind of <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm a, I grew up in Arizona where you can go to the grocery store and buy everything and so I've always been a little unhappy about Colorado's inability to buy beer and wine in a grocery store so right. yeah. I was unhappy that I got stripped from the law but yeah so beer and, and wine on Sundays in Colorado come and visit so us basically uh, half the, the, the state is going to be drunk uh, next Sunday right I, I think you're absolutely – I will be drunk <laughs> next Sunday. <laughs> hey, you've got to celebrate. Okay, another story, the last story. Uh, if, if you live in the United States, it's, it, it's about the floods. Uh, everything uh, – you know, I was talking to a friend on Friday night, and, you know, if you watch any of the major news networks, CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, it's, it's literally all-day coverage of how bad it's raining in the Midwest, the middle part of the country. And uh, I'm – I just – you can tell it's a slow news day when every 10 minutes they're from the same small town in Iowa talking about how another levee broke. And uh, it, it's an important story. And I'm sorry to see that it's flooding, but this is one of those hundred-year floods that happens every hundred years or five hundred years. And to you know, I was just watching this morning, and they're all outraged that the levee broke. Well, you know, this is nature. You know, water will flow where it's going to flow. You know, and they're trying to blame the government, and they're everyone's pissed off. And you know, levees break and, and water flows. And you know, when you live on the Mississippi, which is the biggest river in the United States, and it overflows, this shouldn't come as a surprise to you. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it's. Really really bad it's really widespread it started you know in Iowa and Ohio and and it's of course once it starts flooding there it, it's all down all downstream so almost every state along the Mississippi is flooding and right. uh, we're talking billions of damages and damage and whole towns underwater if you've seen any of these pictures it's just go online and check it out it's it's unbelievable to see you know hundreds and hundreds of towns under hundreds and hundreds of gallons yeah. of water and there's no there's no end inside you know it's it's raining again today so uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really sorry, but like, it's just the news coverage alone is just—it's just unbelievable how yeah. they just pound it into your head. And I, I well, just, you know, a hundred-year flood—it's understandable, but yeah, it's—and it's not like anything else is happening anywhere else, like you know, in Iraq. No, or yeah, anything. that's another—that's—that's that's one of my big complaints with like CNN and MSNBC and stuff like that, and, and Fox is that that you know, there's there's hundreds of stories happening worldwide and we take one story and beat it to death all day long. Yeah. And I realize that probably not everybody <laughs> watches the news like I do, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would just like to know more. I mean, I, I know it's flooding. <laughs> By the way, oh, uh, Fox yeah. news didn't blame the government. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's the one Obviously. channel that, where they weren't complaining. They didn't, they were like, gosh, the government did a great job. <laughs> all right on on that ironic note we are going to, <laughs> to scoot off to the last section of the show and now for something completely different
So we're gonna go through this uh, really fast. My story is uh, the fact that a town in uh, the uh, uh, part of France that's called Champagne, uh, which gave the name to the drink, Champagne, um, <laughs> inherited uh, from a person who was very much in love with the town. He was very old and very rich. So the town itself inherited 37 million euros, which oh. at the current oh. rate uh, of dollars would be something like, I don't know, 17,000 gajillions <laughs> dollars. Um, yeah, so the town actually inherited the, that huge amount of money. And the funny thing is, in the uh, 90s, they already found 2.5 tons of gold buried somewhere in, the, wow. in this town's uh, uh, area. So they're <laughs> yeah, there you go. What am I thinking about Qatar? I should go to Rouez en Champagne. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a short. It's a much shorter travel, and they, just, there's money flowing out of every uh, every yeah, place yeah. in this town. So you see, in the U.S., you have like uh, dogs inheriting millions of dollars. Here we have right. towns. Towns, right? Yeah. <laughs> do, do, you get, do you guys have a, a funny, quirky, light story? I didn't get one. <laughs> oh, shame on you, Jim Kirks. Yeah, I know. Maybe next time. <laughs> Mohammed, um, do you have one? Uh, it's not funny, but it, it it used to be funny. But there's this uh, company called Qtel in Qatar. Okay. It's just a mono uh, monopoly on uh, telephone and internet. Yeah. So, anyways, the funny thing is, um, it's not really funny, but it's sort of funny that. People are paying anyways because they know there's nothing else, and they're just charging you for whatever they want. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know I mean, that's what just, happens. Yeah. That's what happens when you have a monopoly. Do do, do they not have plans to introduce other uh, other uh, you know competitors to the telephone market? Yeah, they tried, but uh, for example, the the lines, the telephone lines belong to this company, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's not state regulated. They don't. They didn't get the monopoly because you know they were establishing it at first, and they had it for a few years. And uh... it, well, in the U.S., you know, you can't have a monopoly, right? Yeah. Well, oh, in Qatar, okay. it, <laughs> I guess in Qatar it's okay. Oh, and, okay, uh, I see. Keto's charging you for breathing and you know it's not that much different here I, I just talked to a friend of mine who said that they had read an article about um the telecommunication companies here charging um random uh, charges two four six dollars on bills as miscellaneous charges in <laughs> hopes that you in hopes that you won't notice and they did some uh, an independent group did some studies and it said that 75 percent of the people don't notice the charge and continue to pay it and they've been paying it for years wow <laughs> Jeez. so okay. it's not it's not just it's not just the monopolies i mean anybody who can get sneak a charge in right yeah i guess i guess it's true but uh, okay, let me ask you this: uh, How much? Okay, on a related note, there's a billion uh, PCs, a billion computers in the world today. It's a, we we just reached that number. So I'm going to ask right. you: How much do you pay for how much bandwidth for your internet uh, service provider? Oh me? Oh, go ahead, Mohammed. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I don't pay the bills. <laughs> oh right, yeah. No. Oh, I forget. You're 16. Do do you, you don't know how much it costs in Qatar? No, in Quito, it's probably going to cost, like, half of my soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty steep, steep price. Uh, that Jim, how much fair. do you pay? 
Uh, I pay. Hey, you know, you know right to download porn on the internet, half your soul is pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad at all. I pay. Uh, I have. A, I have a cable. I have. It's through a cable company, so it's through Comcast, and uh, I think it's three down and one up uh, megabits per second, which is horribly slow. And I'm paying fifty-two dollars a month, and it's unlimited right now. But I think that's gonna. There's a. There's a huge change happening in America. <laughs> They're trying to. They're going to start trying to regulate how much is up and down, which yeah, I, I don't know how this. it's going to work. It's, yeah. It sounds horrible. Yeah, Leo Leo Laporte was talking about it, obviously on on, uh, on Twitter. But um, yeah, um, in, okay, I'm going to wow you all. Um, oh. My uh, my uh, ISP uh, charges me thirty euros, so that's probably about you know fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, for 30 down and uh, 8 up. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, there's a there in one of the one of the Quest the communication companies in the West is going to start. They actually have right now is available 17 uh, down and 5 up and hey, they're saying okay. in the next they're saying in the next 2 or 3 months it'll be 30 down and and 30 up because uh, they've put in a bunch of fiber and so yeah. I'm on a list that's going to notify me when it's available so I'm, <laughs> I'm keep crossing my fingers I mean 30 up that would I how many podcasts do I upload in a week it would be so great <laughs> hey, that's not going to be unlimited though I don't know uh, uh, yeah but um, well, yeah fiber optics baby that's the way of yeah. the future yeah actually uh, people in Qatar the rich people that know about fiber, uh, fiber optic they get it and they have the faster connection. Oh, shut up. You have everything. I hate you now. That's all there is to it. All right, kids. Thanks a lot. I think we're going to go to the end of the show. And before we sign off, I want to uh, ask a, a question to Jim. Um, you were saying that, you know, of course, your clip show reviews different video podcasts. And I would like to ask you, what shows would you recommend to someone who is just starting out in podcasts and would you would like to watch cool stuff apart from the clip show, obviously? What video shows would you recommend? You know, it's funny uh, that you asked that question because uh, <laughs> next Tuesday, a week from today, we're going to have our final show of the season, which is going to be a live yeah. show. And uh, on the end of our seasons, uh, we usually do like a top five or top ten shows you should watch while we're on a break. So we'll be giving a list then. But I, I think that it's it's pretty simple, you know. The big show like uh, big show like Rocket Boom is a great show to watch uh, mm -hmm. if you've seen it. You know it's a pretty premier podcast. He makes some pretty good money at it, and uh, he has some great content from around the world. And it's sort of like a quick, you know, anywhere between two and ten minute, uh, you know, update of the news. Uh, it's it's really quite enjoyable, and it's definitely worth putting in your RSS feeder. Uh, there's one called Mob Logic that has uh, it's just started a couple months ago and it's Mob Logic TV and it's it's really great too. It's uh, hosted by a, a great gal uh, named Lindsay Campbell and uh, it's a lot of fun to watch too. But you know, tune into the clip show uh, next Tuesday or, or pick it up on your RSS okay. and you'll see the top 10 or top 5. Nicely done, sir. Very good. Um, okay, well, uh, uh, Mohammed, do you want to Pin something, talk about a website you, you, you have, or do you have anything? No? I'd actually, on the subject of podcasts, I'd like to, um, you know, read my favorite podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, it's called NoobTube. It's, uh, it's just a gaming website. Every, every week on Sundays, they come out with it. And it's just a, just a great show to watch about reviews on games. And for once, it's a podcast that's not paid to say good stuff, you know. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's totally independent. I actually watched a couple of episodes when you, you, you told me about it. It's called Noob, uh, N-O-O-B-T-O-O-B, is it? Or T-U-B? Yeah, T-O-O-B. T-O-O-B. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of there is a lot of swearing, so you know, just be careful. <laughs> That's a gaming podcast. There should be a lot of swearing. They're of trying course. to make it like Xbox Live, right? <laughs> oh, don't talk about that. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. people, we went a little bit over an hour, but I think it was well worth it. I want to thank again Jim Kirks and Mohammed uh, for being here, and I want to thank. Uh, our listeners for being here if you want to review our podcast on iTunes please feel free to say to do so I can't talk um, and if you want to contact us uh, you can do so at thephiliusclub.com or send an email at uh, contact at thephiliusclub.com and that's going to do it for another show I thank everyone and I will talk to you again next month thanks guy and goodbye say bye guys Okay, bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.